today, as, as we talk about our it, last week um, we talked about the elderly, and, and we saw how, how, how the church handles the elderly. For the most part, there's been like cater to it, to where you end up with a church full of just elderly people, and, and what we've seen in America is that there's churches dying left and right, and, and because the people within the church are dying, and so the church no longer exists after so many members die off. And so we, we said we can't be that church. We also said that, you know, there's the flip side of that where, where the church will be a young, hip, happening church or whatever, and, and, and they'll kind of just force all the old people out and say you know, that, hey, you know what, our music is our music. It's going to be at the level that we want it to be. We, we don't value you. We're just going to push you off into a home. And we said, you know, we can't be that church. We have to be the church that, that, that's multifaceted, that is multi-generational, learning from each and every generation, gleaning that wisdom and, and allowing space for that wisdom to be poured into each other. And so these connect groups that happen, yeah, they're going to be led by a lot of older people because they've been through a lot of things. And so they've done life in, in, a, in a lot of different ways. And so um, if you're interested in leading one of those connect groups, next week we've got a lunch in after the service to where you can join in, and it's called a, a Connect Group Leader Training, where we're just going to talk about best practices and how we can lead the church together. And so uh, today, though, the, the it that we get into, because we, we see a lot of um, families that are like this. We see a lot of family situations, but what if, what if it's not? What if, what if it doesn't turn out the way that TV shows that it's supposed to turn out, right? Yeah, we see in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, but is it always going to be like that for everybody? What, what, what if we remain single? What if there is no marriage? What if there is no family in our future? Like Mark 10, we see this interaction between Jesus and the religious people. And the religious people were always trying to trip Jesus up. And, and, and in the beginning of Mark 10, we, we see some, some children that, that are wanting to be around Jesus. And, and the disciples are kind of annoyed by children. Actually, they, they want to push them to the side and say they're not important. Well, hopefully that you see by, by our staffing and, and growing and making Innovation Kids available both first and second services that we value children learning about Jesus. We, we honor children. We love children. We, we invest into our children. Yesterday, this room was, was, was full of different churches coming learning how to disciple teenagers better. As, as we grow, um, there were the people from here from Dayton United Methodist, from Sunrise, from Arise Christian Fellowship, from some home churches, from Innovation. We were all gathered and saying, you know what? We love our teenagers, and how can we disciple them better? How can we point them to Jesus better? And so we were learning from each other and also doing a training event together. And, and so we, we highly value the next generation. We high, highly value each and every generation. And, and so did Jesus. See, when, when, the G, when Jesus, in, in verse 13, when, when they're saying, you know what, let's, let's push these kids out, he said, to such belongs the kingdom of God. He said, the, the, and warn them, whoever does not embrace the kingdom with wholeheartedness of a child does not receive it. See, see Jesus said, let the children come to me. And, and I, don't, I don't think this is because children are humble and innocent, because you have some. And, 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 or you've had some, or you've met mine. And, and, and you know that, that they're, they're not perfect. But one of the things that, that children would receive is they would go to Jesus, 
and just receive whatever he was offering. It wasn't something that they thought they had to earn, that they had to perform a special way to, to get something in return. Children are always willing to receive, <laughs> good, bad, and ugly. As Brian talked about, in, as he did at the movies with Fatma, he said, we must receive the kingdom of God as a little child because we're surely by no means able to earn it or to do something to earn it. But, but that's not the it that we're talking about. Yes, the children are important. Yes, the children are all throughout Scripture. Yes, we should receive Jesus just like children do. But as, as Mark 10 goes on, Jesus encounters a man who's seeking, seeking this eternal life, and, he, and he's coming to Jesus for this. And we, we may know this as the, the rich young ruler. He's, he's seeking after this eternal life, but Jesus says you need to leave everything. You, you need to sell all your possessions and, and follow after me. This is not what the man wanted to hear, and he, and he left, it said sad. He left, turned and left, and, and went away sad. He, he, he tells this man, get rid of it all. See, he was, he was addressing what was the most important things to this man, his possessions. So as, as this, I like lasagna, so as this lasagna builds, like layer upon layer, it gets towards the end, verses 29 and, and 30. And that's kind of the it that we're going to focus on today. See, in, in verse 28, Peter, which is always ready to like put his two cents in, he's like, hey, Jesus, we sold everything, we're the good disciples, we've done it all. And... And that's kind of where I want to leave it, lead it back to our connect group. Because there's people who have gotten rid of everything to follow after Jesus. They, they've said, you know what, God, whatever you want in my life, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to surrender it to you. So let's hear from our connect group on what they have done to kind of leave for Jesus. All right, so we were just talking about our families and what was going on there. Now I'm going to lead to a question that's going to be tough on all of us, all right? Uh, what have you left for Jesus yourself? What have you done? What have you left for Jesus? Do you feel like you've done that, or you feel like you're ready to do that? Anybody? So Billy and I, we talked about this during the first service. Um, we felt called to the ministry when we were youth pastors in Michigan, um, and I should say we were already in the ministry, so we felt called to be pastors and to plant a church, and we just kept pushing it off because we had an awesome youth group and youth group program and a cute house by the beach. I mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were comfortable, and, and um, God was calling us to do something we didn't know. It was scary, and um, so we finally gave in. <laughs> And we decided to move, uh, we, we decided to plant a church, and we drove all around Indiana, and that's when we finally found Lafayette, and I fell in love with it, and I convinced Billy to like it too, but, <laughs> um, and so God has totally blessed that since then, but I know it just took that step, and it was terrifying, because we didn't bring a team of people, we had no money to plant our church, we didn't know where we were going to live, and we, at first, we didn't even have jobs, and so it was just like, we're just taking this step, and we are moving to Lafayette. And so it's been cool to see how God has just, every step of the way, when you do what he wants you to do, he just makes sure that that whole path is ready and set for you. So, 
Anybody else? Things they left? on my relationship with God. Um, and so for like three months, God was trying to get me. He's like, nope, there's something different. Um, and so I was like, no, you know, no, this is like where I need to be. Um, so I kind of just kept shrugging it off or whatever. Um, and then finally, um, I let go of those people. Um, and I'm like, okay, well now I'm back at square one. I have nobody and I'm like in high school, I need some friends and a support system. Um, so if you want me to have friends, you're going to have to bring me some friends um, <laughs> because um, I'm an extrovert, so I need people. Um, and he brought me those friends, and now I have a good support system and an even bigger group of friends, and they're loyal, and they're Christians. So I have a good group of Christian friends around me, and I've been able to allow myself time and space to heal for myself and work on myself and my relationship with Christ. So it all kind of worked moving towards a healthier section of life. So. That's terrific. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, for us, we're on the other side of the spectrum as Billy and Mandy. We're old, okay? And uh, about six years ago, we decided to um, leave our good jobs in South Carolina, and we were financially pretty well off. And um, we decided to move to Central America, to Belize, and start a missionary uh, outreach program. And so we uh, took our 401ks, invested most of our life savings, and moved. Um, little did we know that the Lord was going to change our entire life. Going to Belize, I left behind my children and my grandchildren. And if anyone knows me, my family is, you know, like most of us, we love our families. But um, we went through some experiences as a family, and you just see how what God has in store for you is a ripple effect. Everything has a, um, a cause and effect. And the Lord has just extremely blessed our family in those last six years, everything we've went through. So we left behind all the worldly gain, which is money, to seek after him with our whole hearts. All right, back over here. I think sometimes leaving things or letting go of things isn't always just material. Um, so I know that growing up, I, I knew when I was a junior in high school that I was called into full-time ministry. And in my mind at that time, full-time ministry was either being a youth pastor or never ever wanted to be a senior pastor. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to put you in this box. You want me in full-time ministry? I'll be a youth pastor for the rest of my life. Um, so sometimes being able to be in the center of God's will and do what God wants for you is letting go of your thoughts and letting go of uh, your ideas of where God wants you because never in a million years at 17 did I imagine that at 41 I would be an executive director at a homeless shelter. Being in ministry every day with families is definitely... Um, a ministry unlike pulpit ministry but it is is ministry nonetheless and I think that sometimes we box God in because we keep him in our ideas of hey this is what I want I want this is what I think God wants me to do rather than saying okay God you show me what you want me to do so sometimes we just I have to learn still learning you have to let go of your ideas of what it is and and really just press into him make that time to follow what he says 
I just want to, yes, what she kind of was leading into it. And sometimes it's not even our plans. Sometimes God has something that he wants us to leave or Mm -hmm. an idea or something that we want. And I know for me, um, I had miscarried and I wanted a baby so bad and it just kept happening and happening and happening. And six times, six times, like, come on, God. And I was getting so mad at him. (laughs) And, um, but God had some deeper things for me that I did not know about. And so I look back at all the pain and the heartache I may have gone through then, but then because of all of the things I had gone through, I have grown in my walk with God I um, have been able to minister to so many people who have gone through the same thing. And God has since blessed us with a baby. And I don't know if I ever would have got into foster care and had a heart for orphans like I do now. And so sometimes it's God has to force us, right, Billy, (laughs) to go a different direction. So, Yeah, that's good. You know, and and we talk about this. It says, what did you give up? To find God, right? What did we give up? To find Jesus. And the mainstay of that is your sin, right? We want to give up our sin so that we can walk with Jesus like it is. And all of us are sinners. We all know that. Even after we give it up, we still have problems. We may, you know, you're, you're climbing that hill. You're never going to be perfect at it, but you try as hard as you can. And whether it was an addiction, whether it was... Uh, uh, gluttony, which I got to work on. Uh, <laughs> anything that it was, uh, you you, you kind of have to give that up and, and, and fight and move towards Jesus. What kind of problems? Did anybody have any problems with any of that? I would say as I switched careers a few years ago, pride was kind of one of those underlying sins that for me, as I switched positions, it was easy for me to say, you know, I got that raise, I got that promotion, you know, I'm successful. But I found more and more the more I step back and realize that my capacities, my capabilities, the pay I make, everything I have is all because God provided it. Um, And as I learn to humble myself, it's am I using the things and the finances and the things that he's given me for other people? So I've really had to step back from that pride and not, you know, put the attaboy on myself, but realize that everything I succeed in or gain is because God gave it to me. Anybody else? All right, so we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> I'll take it back. So I was, I was staring at that question. And many of us, I, th- I think we'll, we'll add to that. Um, instead of what have you left, it's what do you have left for Jesus? Like, oh, I've got him some leftovers. I've got some extra time here. I've got some extra time there. But really what he's talking to this rich young ruler is like the most important thing to you, I'm asking of you. Andy talked a little bit about it, about some infertility and some, some struggles and some issues. That's a topic that the church doesn't talk about much, right? We don't talk about childlessness. We don't talk about not being able to have children. We don't, we don't talk about singleness. If, if we do, it's, it's a bad thing because everybody knows in, in America, you've got to have this perfect family. You've got to have this TV sitcom family that has it all together, that can solve everything. But, but Jesus has a, has a different approach to it. See, see what, what we see through Scripture, what we see right here in Mark 10 in red letters, 
says, yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who is given, see, this is a list. This is a list that, like, if we were to think of, okay, I need to give this up, or when God asks me to give this up, I need to be willing to? I don't know about that. because It says, everyone who has given up a house. Anyone who has given up brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property for my sake, for the good news. See, that's where... That's where like the online viewership is, is dropping right now. They're like, oh my gosh, this pastor is asking way too much of me. It's not me, it's Jesus. Like, like this, is, this is not what you see coming out of a prosperity gospel TV preacher saying, give it up all. No. He just says, put money in the plate. But then it goes on. I'm glad that he doesn't end there because we would all be kind of shocked. He goes on and says, you will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses. A hundred times as many brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. Then this weird part, along with persecution, he throws in there, and, and in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. See, we, we kind of call it our time, talent, and treasure around here. That, that, that we give of our time, our talent, and our treasure so that others may be reached. So that the gospel may be advanced. So that others may know who Jesus is. We give of our time. We, last week we celebrated those that were willing to give of their fall time. That said, you know what, I'll give up my time to help teach others. I'll give up my time to help foster kids in the care system. I'll give, of, I'll give of my talent. Some of you give of your treasure week after week after week, giving towards offerings and tithes and stuff like that. And you say, you know what, I will give so that others... They get to experience the love of God, the glimpse that I have. That happening week after week after week. But giving up, then it says, so that you will receive a hundred times as many houses, a hundred times as many brothers, sisters, mothers. Before we get to what that actually means, we'll go back to our group and See if there's things that they have desired or pursued more than their relationship with God and, and how this verse actually applies to their lives. So uh, the guy in the video laid it out pretty good for us there. The guy being <laughs> Billy as the video, right? <laughs> uh, a lot of groups watch videos and then they ask questions about what they're going to, uh, from the videos. So that's something you may get if you get into a small group too. Uh, are the things that you desire or pursue more than your relationship with God? And how does this passage challenge those desires? Wow. Your relationship with God. Are there things that you desire or purpose more? Anybody? I shared in the first service. So I'll share with this service too. I don't sleep well at night. So I enjoy every little bit of five minutes I can get in the morning just to, you know, sleep just a little more. And so, you know, I'm, I'm the person that would hit the snooze button like five times. It's not even really the snooze. I just have that many alarms on my phone to go off. Um, and so it's, it's super important to my walk with God and my ability to do what he's called me to do to make sure that I'm not hitting that snooze button seven times and I'm getting up the first time that it goes off so that I can have that dedicated time to God. 
um, in the mornings before I start my day because if not, there's so much on my plate. My plate is so full that I'm like, oh, well, I'll do my devotion at lunchtime, and then before I know it, I've worked straight through my lunch, and not only did I not spend time with God in the morning, but I didn't take time with God at any time that day, and then I'm crawling into bed at night, and God has, you know, been faithful and never left me, but I haven't dedicated that to him. And so that's that's one that I personally work on is like, you know, making that time for God first thing in the morning, which is super challenging for me. Yeah. I wanted to point out to the group, is there any time, any place that you put God first that you felt bad about it? And I'm talking, I don't think there is. Is there anybody in this room who's done that? When you went and did something for God, that you felt like you lost something. Mm -mm. It's a tough one, isn't it? Tough question. Because a lot of times we're fighting for things we think we want and we forget about God. Is there a time that you came to a fifth Sunday anywhere to serve, right, and you didn't feel great by the end of the day when you helped out? Well, yeah, you're tired or whatever you may be, but you know what you're doing, right? You're doing the work for God. But do we lose that at times? Because we get caught up in our own things, right? Get caught up in my work. I get caught up in this. And I lose my focus on God. So what's God saying? God's saying, how about we look at God all the time? And if you look and try to do everything for God, you're going to feel great all the time. Isn't there a song like that? No? Okay. <laughs> it's his next hit. Before Brian starts writing songs, we need to. <laughs> Sorry, I'll start preaching too. So. so he's talking about giving up these things. Now, we read the Bible and we, we try to translate it through our own eyes. But most of the time, when, when people were accepting Jesus, when they were accepting Christianity, that meant they could no longer come home. That meant that they may lose their life because of the decision that they made. Now, that's not happening here in America. But God may call us to do without. God, God, God may call us to be single. God may call us to not have children. And, and that's okay. Do we, do we realize that that, that? that even some of our own dreams may not come true. But when we're following after him, he says he's going he's gonna to take care of those things. That he's going to return a hundred times more. I'm not, I'm not sitting here with a prosperity gospel, but I'm seeing this as that we're assured of family. No matter if we leave our own. That we're assured brothers and sisters. That we're assured grandparents. That we have to leave our own. See, being single these days is considered a curse. You're considered your biological clock is ticking if you haven't had, had children. But, I mean, these go way back. Like, right, for me, it was like kindergarten, right? I thought I had to have a girlfriend. I just had to. I just had to. I just needed and to, to, to have some identity. Isn't that what we do? We place a lot of our identity in our possessions and our stuff. And, and Jesus here is, is building this, like I say, lasagna, showing us... Yes, children are important. Accepting me is important, but it's not something that you have to earn. I still want you to be obedient. Like, be obedient to the call that I have for you. 
mean, Jason Mraz and Hunter Hayes get together and sing about everybody's got someone but me and whine about it in a park while, while they walk around. But a Christian's identity shouldn't be in that. See, see we, our identity should be defined by Jesus. At, a, at our core, it's firmly rooted and never moved in this union that we have with Jesus Christ. I think we see it best in, in what, we, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Right? See, because the disciples are, are simply coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, how do we pray? What do we do? What do we, what do we need to do? How, do? how do we do this? How do we do this right? How do we say this? And, and, and really, it, it focuses on the most important thing. It says, pray like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many prayers do we pray like that? How many, how many prayers... Do we pray, God, I want your will to be done in this situation, not my will. I've got a three-year-old. She loves to pray. Like she like wants everybody to be quiet while she prays, and she doesn't want anybody else to pray. Little Luna, she, she'll, she'll like hush everybody else while, so that she can pray before, before we eat our meal, and I'm sure she'll do it today. Her prayers are so sweet. <laughs> She's three. And she doesn't have a lot of words and a lot of vocabulary. And, and, and Liam's last night like t- even topped hers, I think. Because, uh, but, but Luna will sit there and, and, and she'll just think of all, all her day and everything that she's thankful for. And she'll say, thank you, Jesus, for my teacher. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my dog. Thank you for my food. Thank you for, and, and she'll like look up for my brother. And then she'll, like you can see her thought process happening. For my brother, for my TT, that's her sister. For, for my mommy, for my Grayson, for my daddy. And, and, and she'll just thank God for all these different things. Now, now that's a little bit of what Luna's prayers look like. Now, I've, I've got five kids. And, 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 and so not all their prayers has looked the same. Like Billy, little, little Billy, which is not little by any means anymore, um, his prayers were a little bit different, and, and they, they usually started off uh, just, just normal, just, just fine. Um, it, it wasn't our Father who art in heaven, but it was, it was a little bit different. It was, um, Jesus, thank you, like, like he would thank Jesus for his day, and he would bless his food to our bodies, and then he'd like to throw in like, like that Hail Mary, like that, 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 that last minute, like, okay, now dear God, help my brother not be so, so annoying. <laughs> like he, he'd throw in these little extra things of like help my mom get a good nap so she's not so grumpy and like, like there, there'd be these little like manipulative things like but isn't that how most of our prayers end up looking anyways God help me win the lottery well what if it's not God's will for you to win, win the lottery what if that's going to completely screw up your life what if, what if you getting married is really going to mess up your life what if, what if you marrying that person right that seventh grade crush? <laughs> God, thank you for not answering that prayer. What if we saw our singleness as a gift? What if we saw our not having kids as a gift? What if we saw whatever situation that, that may be hard or maybe that we've had to leave to be able to follow God? What if losing that job was the best thing that's ever happened to you? What if it actually was the thing that squashed your pride? What if it was the thing that, that, that made you humble? I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in the Avengers, I know. I know it's not at the movies, but, but I, I'm still, I only got to speak like two times in that series, so I'm still thinking about it. But many of the Avengers, 
and many superheroes in general don't have a family. I'm not knocking families here today. I, I love my family, and, 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 and I love being a part of a family, and I love having kids, and I love being married, and there's definitely some benefits, but, but these people that are supposed to save the world, right? Like there, There's a meteor coming and crashing into the earth. Oh, sorry, meteor. My wife is giving birth right now. I can't save the earth. Somebody else is going to have to step in and do it. Well, nobody else can. Sorry, I have the things I have to take care of right now, right? Or, or, or you're Black Widow and you're trying to sneak up on something and your husband's text you 27 times because he can't find his shoes, right? And now like your cover's blown, everything's blown because you're stupid husband. Like, come on. Like, we, we, we see the, the, like the superheroes even, even of, of Hollywood going single. We also see even Hawkeye. And their decision to choose childlessness. We're not going to bring kids into this world. We're, we're, we're not going to bring kids that we're only going to end up hurting because of the life that we live. Just because you're single or just because you don't have kids, it's not the end of the world. It may just be the thing that God's preparing you to be the person to save it. What if we gave in to His will more than to ours? See, the fact is, not every one of us are going to look the same. And that's good, right? We're not. We're, we're not going to be the same. You, you know, the, the, when, when it talks about the church, it talks about the body of Christ. Like, some of us are a dang pinky, right? Some of us are a nose. If your pinky was attached to where your nose would, that would be a problem. <laughs> like, 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 we all have different gifts, different talents, different abilities, different callings on our life, different journeys in our life. And we're not created to be the same. It may look different than somebody else because you're a different part of the body than somebody else. The church needs single people. The church needs people without children. The, per the church needs people with children. The church needs young people. The church needs old people. The church needs really just people that are willing to be obedient to God. Say, God, what are your plans for my life? Not my plans for my life, but what are yours above my own desires? I think the primary calling of God's for all Christians that call to salvation, followed by that I'm going to be willing to You are the Lord of my life. You are my salvation. See, we're called to be obedient to His will, and it's revealed each and every day through His Word. God's kingdom isn't the ideal, or the perfect, or the sitcom American family. Wholehearted devotion to God. As we close today, we, we close with this song, and it has these words in it. It says, all my life you have been faithful. As Craig said earlier, like you, when you've got some age on you, you can look back and you see the faithfulness of God. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, you're just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where are you at, God. That's like Peter out walking on the water and then gets distracted and, and begins to drown. And it was only when he looked back to God was, was he truly saved. Many of us may find ourselves in the midst of the storm right now and we're looking at everything else except for God. This song reminds us, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good that, that even somebody that's walked through six miscarriages during the time had no clue why, had no clue what, but she's been able to minister to woman after woman after woman. 
that God's still good, even in the midst of miscarriage. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. That may be hard today. Life isn't easy. Jesus said him himself, in this life you will have trouble. It happens. That's why we do connect groups. So we can come together, talk about, yes, different topics. Talk about Luke. To talk about life. We've done connect groups on parenting. We've done it. There's some that, you know, we'll just do them on barbecuing. Just get together around a bonfire and sit and do life because sometimes we just need that relationship to walk that life out together. If you're interested in leading one of those, we would love to, to walk through a training and talk about what it means to help connect others here at Innovation and do life together. So that's next week at lunch afterwards. But today, you got to see just a small glimpse because, you know what, I wrote too many words and didn't give them enough questions. <laughs> But you got to see just a small glimpse of what a connect group actually looks like. People talking about real life situations. The good, the bad, the ugly, the conflicts, and, and how they've learned and lived through it and how God has been faithful.